0: On guys, welcome to episode 12 of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy and analysis. I'm your host Ben Hoffer, and as always, I'm joined by the two J's, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, we're coming off another massively high-scoring week on the week 4 main slate of DraftKings. I'm talking cash lineups looking like GPP winners, all that crazy stuff. We saw Mitch Trubisky throw six touchdowns in a surprise shootout. Well, I guess it wasn't so much a shootout as a blowout, but still, um, super surprising. Uh, a bunch of crazy results in this week four. We're going to get to all of them. But before we do that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast?
1: You can support the DFS Dose by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. And we're also on Instagram uh, now. We just went live this past uh, Sunday. You could support us on there by following us at the DFS Dose. And then we're also on iTunes at the DFS Dose. And you can go ahead and subscribe on there.
0: Yep. Instagram live every Sunday at noon. Eastern, um, you'll hear us talk about things like Trubisky and Gabriel, and then uh, you know we will not play them and lose all of our money. Um, so but Jared stupid. did definitely talk about throwing that stack out there. But uh, yeah, we. <sighs>
1: Just speaking of that, like we talked about a lot of plays that snapped that that we didn't really mention on the podcast or go really in-depth.
0: Yeah, I think that Sunday night uh, live stream is a good resource. Um, you know, we go we go live a half hour uh, after all of the inactives come out for the 1 p.m. games, or I guess they're 10 a.m. games if you're on the West Coast. But um, just for the first round of games, we go into that. So uh, it's good to catch up on all the information, talk how it relates to DFS, because, you know, the other shows aren't really talking about that. They're just talking about how it affects the NFL, um, which is a different thing than DFS, to be honest. So but let's get right into it. I mean, how'd you guys do this week? This was a it, this was a crazy week, kind of like Week One, maybe to a lesser degree because the pricing was tighter. But still, uh, we saw massive point totals across you know everywhere on DraftKings cash games, GPPs. Everything was everything was super high scoring this week. I
2: faded everything that I talked about this morning, so I think I just need to start listening to the podcast and uh, <laughs> putting in taking what taking your say. own advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talked about Trubisky. We talked about a Trubisky, Gabriel, and I think a Trey Burton three stack this morning. Didn't yeah. play that at all. I told uh you and Joey that I had a James White and Sony Michelle two stack that I ended up taking out. Yeah, rough day. I just missed cashing and double ups by cashing average GPP. Faded Camaro again. Don't know why. Scores fifty <laughs> points a week. <laughs>
0: That's rough. Um, I that's
2: want Melvin, something. Melvin Gordon, and uh, Geo over him, which I mean that worked out. It's just you uh, can't, can't fade someone that scores fifty points and seventy-five uh, percent of the field has them.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I, I had all three of them in my cash lineup: um, Geo, Gordon, and Kamara. So my cash lineup posted two. 37.9, which is just insane. Like, that's, like, something that would win a GPP on most weeks. Um, so, yeah, obviously took down 100% of my cash games when you put up 2, you know, 230 in cash. That's just ridiculous. Um, my only regret is that I didn't shoot that line into a couple of GPPs because it outscored all of my GPP lineups. So, you know, that's an amateur mistake. I always try and at least shoot my cash game into one GPP, like something small maybe just because usually it's not built to win a GPP. But... I mean, damn, 237 in cash. That's crazy. But um, fourth straight week that I have, I think, posted over 80% in cash games. So pretty good to to start the year for me. Uh, how about, how'd about how you do this week, Joey? Yeah. Joey's um, having a rough year yeah. so far. Joey's hella tilted yeah. in our group chat. Whoa.
1: <laughs> it's not like I'm not making good lineups, yeah. you know. That's a, the that's a crazy part. Like... My cash lineup scored 192.
2: It's just the Which chalk on, is scoring so yeah, intense, like, like intensely that you have to play them, and it's like taking the fun of
1: fun out of making a lineup. Exactly, like I played my cash lineup consisted of Geo, uh, Kamara, Geronimo, Allison, Sterling Shepard, Eric Ebron. They were all super chalk, and I played them just because I knew that they were going to be chalk, and they all had good matchups. So it's kind of like you kind of have to, but you know, 192, you expect to cash and everything with 192 points, but not this year. So far this season, it's looking like you need over 200 points just to win money, which is incredible. But yeah. yeah, so you know,
0: I mean, what do you guys think? Like, what what is it? Is it that the public is getting sharper, and and that you know, you no. know, it's not like we're playing with amateurs anymore, or is it just that? what is it because it's definitely noticeably different it's like for example in the old days i remember it was like you wanted to have 2.5x your salary to cash and then it started becoming 3x in your salary because the cash lines were creeping up there people were getting better and now it's like you need 3.5x or 4x to like cash in these double ups it's it's crazy yeah
1: well we were talking about uh this before but like when no defense is being played in the nfl You know, people are going to score, you know, a lot of points, and it's showing right now this season. Faded Camaro today, and
2: I
0: still scored 191 points. Like, what else can I do? Do you guys sort of see the the trend? Like, because obviously we're seeing defenses being bad across the league right now and, and just not being able to stop anything. We're just seeing crazy passing numbers going on. We're seeing running backs catch more. Passes than ever before, getting wide receiver one level targets uh, across multiple running backs. So
1: receiver twos are better than receiver ones right yeah, now. Yeah, everywhere. So the top, the top running backs besides like Camaro and you know a couple other guys aren't performing. It's just crazy a start to this year.
0: Do you think that it'll course correct though? Do you think this is just like a a multi week anomaly that's going to? I mean, it can't keep up like this, right? Like defenses have to start getting better at some point.
2: <laughs> you think so? I mean, these are NFL players. Yeah. But then again, on the other side of the ball, these are NFL players. So
1: I guess it's on me for ex for expecting to win. Like you know, out of previous years, if you drop 192, like that's a great lineup. You expect to cash and everything. And I guess I just need to come to the realization that you know I gotta I gotta shoot for higher than 190 because I think anywhere. Between like 170 to 200 is a good lineup. Like it, it definitely you, is. You had the right, you had the right thought process. You picked all the right plays. You know, everybody on my team scored over 14 points besides my defense, and I still yeah. Lost
2: and I picked the Packers defense in, in
1: every contest. Like in every contest, pick, I man. lost
2: like yeah. crazy, bro. Like, what can I? I don't know. I played right. It's just I didn't pick Camara. Even though today, this morning, me and Ben were talking about how this was the week to pay up for running back. Because we we all like the, uh, he put me on a Gabriel, we all like Ridley, Shepard, and Boyd this week. So, I mean, those are all 4K and under, or 5K and under.
0: Yeah, and to an extent, it's like, you know, the results are overshot like overshadowing the process because I I mean I I loved Gabriel I did play him in cash but you know I played him in cash at 3.9k expecting like 12 points you know not expecting 30 points for him to have a career career day so Gabriel had seven uh catches for a career high 104 yards and two touchdowns like you know that that's not what you're expecting when you pay down in cash you're looking for a floor play and I liked him because of the targets he's had the past few weeks but like I mean that was just an anomaly that happened to like work in my favor specifically, and and a lot of people's uh favors. Gabriel was the only non super chalk play, honestly, in my in my cash lineup. Everyone else was super, you know, Ebron, Matt Ryan, Gordon, Gio, Kamara. Like these are all cat like chalky chalky plays. Sterling Shepard. I mean,
1: I think we're in a we're in a new day in daily fantasy sports. Yeah, well, everybody um, goes on roto maybe.
2: grinders and picks the highest owned players.
1: There's a lot of information out there now, you know, other podcasts, um, daily fantasy sports analysts such as Levitan and some other guys, you know, that have a huge following that are pretty insightful. There's a, there's a lot of ways to get information nowadays, and maybe it's helping the general, you know, public win,
0: but... That just means that we got to be sharper than, you know, sharper than sharp. We we just got to keep getting better and, and, you know, listen to us and... uh join us on this journey you know we're gonna be ahead of the trends we're not gonna be behind it so if, if this is the new nfl then we're going to adjust accordingly and and make those moves because we will remain successful yeah
1: i will be looking for players who will six X their value <laughs> not <3X. laughs>
2: three x that ass dude and next time i say next time i bring up somebody that's really low owned and i say they could snap i'm gonna play them like Trubisky. That was ridiculous. You know how mad I was when he
0: threw six touchdowns? (laughs) So let's talk about it. So um, as always on our review shows, we usually go through the players that you needed to have to place highly in GPPs. And we talk about our own results, which we've already done. So let's get right into these uh, slate swinging players. And Trubisky's right at the top of that list. In the Millie maker, he was 1.5% owned. Um, he managed to put up 46.46, double 46 uh, points on DraftKings. Threw for 354 yards and six touchdowns, added 53 yards on the ground. Just an absolute smash performance by Trubisky. Do you guys think that Trubisky is taking that next step? Or is the Buck secondary just play whoever they're against, they're that bad?
2: I think it's both. I like Chubisky. Perfect I think, storm. I mean, sometimes he plays really bad, and sometimes he plays really good, but I think he's just flat-out really good. I've been on him since uh, he was in college, and before he came out, I was pissed that he went to the Bears because I always thought he was going to be good. I don't know. I think it's that time he takes the the next step, but then again, the Bucks are terrible. Dude, <laughs> I don't know how they won two games. It was just toss, toss and hope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think he takes the next step. I really like him. I don't think this is uh just a fluke.
0: I, I guess Trubisky to me, he just kind of reminds me of Blake Bortles in a way where he's so up and down. He's athletic, but he also misses throws that he should be making. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just because they're both like third overall picks in the draft. Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. That's but I just tripping. I. You think so? I mean, I don't know. Like, like Bortles' best aspect, especially at this point in his career, is how mobile he is. He's a good. He's always, you know, rushing for first downs. He's playing well. Um, but he also just will have these games where he's missing wide open throws, throws that he should be making, especially as a vet now. And Trubisky is at that point where he's like having these big blow up games, but he just looks uncomfortable in the pocket to me when I watch him.
2: Yeah, I mean he's still young. He's still, and it's another new offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And we saw what you know, an a new an improved offensive coordinator did for Jared Goff. So
1: Jeff Fisher <laughs> might be the worst co- Might be the worst coach in NFL history. Yeah, people really thought Jared Goff was a bust because of Jeff Fisher. Okay.
2: <laughs> anyways, anyways. I think that offense is going to vastly improve even more. Well, it'll probably be like pretty decent this year, the Bears. Just because if they get Cohen involved like he should be, he's a really good pass catching back and he's explosive. So if Trubisky has more weapons, trade Burton, if they get Gabriel involved. If they get away from trying to run Jordan Howard 20 times a game, even though he's capable of being very good, they need to put the ball in Trubisky's hands and let him toss it because he can toss it. He's a good quarterback. He has all the weapons. A-Rob, Taylor, Gabriel. Um, I mean, they drafted Miller, but he dislocated his shoulder. He's got Cohen out to backfield, Burton.
0: Yeah, I think their defense is legit. I mean, they have a shot if, if Trubisky can hold it together.
2: Yeah, so I think he's, he's bound to take that next step.
0: All right, let's move on to some other plays here. Um this one won't take long, but I was just a little shocked cuz uh you know, some things get lost in the shuffle when you're watching Red Zone and flipping between different games all day. So I saw Nick Chubb was having a massive game, and then I looked at the results afterwards and he only had 3 carries. I was like, "What? Like every time I saw Nick Chubb highlights, he was like destroying. I thought he was just taking taking over the Browns backfield, but he only had 3 rushing attempts turn that into 105 yards and two touchdowns on the ground do you think that chubb is in position to like his uh like his quarterback rookie quarterback sort of take over that job from hyde no
1: definitely not yeah i think i think it's just hyde's job to lose right now
0: i mean i mean what what more can you do to lose a job than the guy behind you averaging like 30 plus yards per carry
1: it was also one game though yeah he had, he he had a couple good runs today but in not in my opinion it's not enough to you know say he's a, he's gonna be the starter now yeah he should get more carries but I don't think Carlos Hyde will give up the starting job yeah
2: Carlos Hyde's not gonna give up that job Carlos Hyde is good. I don't know why everyone like doesn't like Carlos Hyde he's a good running back. He gets hurt a lot, and that would probably be the only way he loses a job.
0: That's true, and he did have a massive game um, on Thursday night, week three for the Browns, so definitely still productive uh, at, at this point. Speaking of another running back in a committee, James White was 10% owned in the Millie Maker. He rushed 8 times for 44 yards and a touch. He also brought in 8 of his 10 targets for 68 yards and a touchdown, and that totaled out to be 31.2 points on DraftKings. He ended up being a great play at 5.4. Michelle was also a good play. Just not to that extent. So what do you guys think about James White going forward. Michelle. And and just this Patriots offense. Like Gronk is struggling. They're about to get Edelman back. Chris Hogan is a complete bust from being an offseason like hype star. Everyone thought this was going to be a big time for Hogan. And it's really just like the James White, Sony Michelle show at this point. So, I mean, Joey, you know, tell us what's going on
2: yeah please let let us know
1: all right so just in terms of the patriots tom brady is struggling right now let's just get that out the way he threw two more interceptions today so that gives him four on the season now Burke heads out probably for the rest of the season so that leaves just james white sony michelle like you mentioned ben james white is a lock every week in cash at least cash every week um he's the check down back tom brady looks to him Basically, damn near every play right now because none of our receivers could get open. Like, Dorsett did have a good catch, but he's usually iffy. Uh, Cordero Patterson is a bust. Like you said, Hogan is a bust from what his hype was in the offseason. Josh Gordon is still learning the offense, learning the playbook. So, you know, it's going to take a minute for him to get adjusted. (coughs) Gronk is hurt, and he's also being double and triple teamed damn near every play, which hurts his value a lot. So Sony he he'll be the he'll be the rushing attempts guy and James White will be the pass catcher and that's it going forward and then I like obviously Edelman will come back and be you know elite I think yeah
0: so two questions one do you think James White could lose some of those receptions because I mean ten targets is a lot for him do you think that that's gonna go down with Edelman's return
1: I mean as long as chris hogan and dorsett and patterson and gronk aren't playing to the level that they're capable of james white will have i i would say a minimum seven targets a week floor like seven a seven target floor all
0: right
1: just because brady checks down so much
0: and question number two i mean just like in terms of like on the field how did how did michelle look because he didn't look amazing the first two weeks but obviously he did better this week like how did he look as a player
1: he he looked good when the o-line blocked so what i'm seeing out of him right now through these first three weeks is that if the o-line is playing good he's going to produce but if they're having like a bad game he i don't think right now he's that player that could still make stuff happen even if there's like you know a rusher in the backfield. You know, say like a Saquon who can overcome his offensive line walls. Sony Michelle isn't that so player. Does
2: he have that make you miss talent?
1: Psst. He had it coming out of college. But does he have that he right hasn't... now
2: in the NFL with grown men?
1: I. I... I don't
2: yeah, think so. The
0: no, no same the same for college not, boys, man. This is grown man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, but that's what like he was known for in college. Like he was the elusive back to like to um complement Nick Chubb at Georgia. And you know, obviously he has good speed. He is a playmaker, but I don't think he has that like he can make a guy miss here and there, but it's not you know happening every play like you see with Kamara, you know levy on bell when he plays and some of these other top running backs it's just not with him right now but obviously you got to see more as his workload will probably stay around 20 touches for the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy
0: well jared since you mentioned it a couple times let's uh let's get it over with here and talk about alvin kamara oh, the God. great the great alvin kamara um put up another—well, actually, I think this was his first—was this his first 40-plus uh, this year? or nah, did he scored that 40 last too?
2: week, too, didn't he?
0: I think it was, like, 37, but yeah, damn near. I mean, either, either way, he put up 44.1 points on DraftKings, so he set another career high in carries. Like, he did—his uh, career high he set last week with 16, this week— he topped that with 19, put up 134 yards on the ground, and uh managed to catch five balls on nine targets for another forty-seven yards. Oh, and by the way, scored three touchdowns. So, um, you know, just an absolute beast. And we're going to so they're on bye. Uh is that correct? They're on bye, right? Next week.
2: They're not on a bye. They're Monday night against uh Washington.
0: Okay. So so Kamara's not going to be on the main slate, but um, this was the last week that we'll see him without Mark Ingram. I would expect his carries to drop down back to that eight to twelve range that we saw him uh, comfortably at last year, when Ingram was dominating. You know the majority of just the on the ground touches, but um, still, he's he's so explosive. Probably, you know, you could argue Tyreek Hill and and Camara. You could either argue either one of them but they're the two most explosive players in the league right now in his last
2: in Kamara's last 13 games these are his point totals this is going back to week nine of last year where he was the highest uh scoring running back so 31 25 25 37 30 and then six but he got injured that game in like the honestly I think after the first drive and then 21. 16 31 43 18 34 41 That is ridiculous. Animal. And he doesn't even get he doesn't even get over 15 carries usually.
0: Yeah, and he's got two games they, over 15 carries in his career.
2: That is ridiculous. oh my god, dude.
0: Man, we're we're in a new age. We're in a new age where these running backs can get wide receiver one usage. Throw in, you know, 14, 15, even, even 10 plus carries, and you're just, it's it's unbelievable. You can't fade these players. You just can't fade these players. You can't fade Kamara. You can't fade Christian McCaffrey, any of these running backs that are doing Melvin, this right now on Gurley. Melvin Gordon. Yep, yep. Um, Saquon Barkley, I think, will enter that discussion once he's on a more explosive offense. I think Eli Manning is holding that back right now, but he 100% has the ability to do that once that offense opens up. So
1: You want to hear a bold taker, you know?
0: Speak it.
1: Alvin Kamara is the best running back in the NFL.
0: I mean, Le'Veon Bell is not playing right now. If
2: Wait, all-around running back is probably still girly. Actually, it's not probably still girly. It is girly.
1: Give me Kamara over Gurley. Watch him. Both take, both, <laughs> bold take right here. Kamara over Gurley. Are
0: not talking. Are we talking just about fantasy Do you think Kamara could be a
1: workhorse? If they wanted to, he could be a workhorse rusher. No, he washer. can't,
0: dude. No, he can't. I mean, he did go 19 for 130 today.
1: 134.
0: He
2: can't do that consistently. Once he get, he's like, no, no, dude. He's not
0: better than Gurley. Fantasy football he might be.
1: Why couldn't camara be a workhorse rusher like is it just like or the type of runner that he is or like that he's he's
2: not the type of runner that's going to go between the tackles and put his head down he's not going to fall forward he's i mean he's not he's he's not what Gurley is Gurley is a running back he's going to run you over he's going to make you miss he can catch out of the backfield he can get 30 carries a game and the next week he can get 30 carries a game There's a reason Kamara's not getting over 15 carries a game.
1: Yeah, because I have Mark Ingram. But think about
0: this. But think about this. Like, they are two different types of players. Like, Kamara's like an Antonio Brown, and and Gurley's like a Julio Jones. Like, just because he's not a big body going to run you over, he still does what he does so elite that they're in that conversation. Like, he can't body up on you like, you know, like Gurley can and run you over and, and do that. But he avoids contact. He just slides through the field like nobody can touch him or or get like deliver big hits to him. He's so elusive. He's not better than Gurley. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that either. So, <laughs>
1: I think the conv- I think <laughs> the I think the argument could be there if you want to argue. Well, not even like so. If we're just talking about like body types, like Camara is nine pound. He like he weighs nine pounds less than Gurley, and he's two inches shorter. So they're around the same build. So it's not like. It's not like Gurley is this massive running back over Camara and Camara's like this five eight.
2: But the different runners. The different runners that that Gurley can take a big hit and get right back up and then come right at you or run you over. Camara will never do that. If Camara takes a huge hit, like he's not gonna get back up and go right back at you. He's not gonna he's not gonna get that work ho workhorse load that Gurley's gonna get and consistently be great. Doing it, running the ball, running the ball.
1: I think you're disregarding all of what Ben said about him not taking those big hits, and that we're basically he in is a elusive. New age, He's
2: the most elusive in new, running back I've ever seen. Honestly, we're in a
1: new age NFL where it's not just running that matters; it's receiving. And Kamara's a better receiver than Todd. And, and L- not to mention, Nishin Kamara's that. shown
0: to be super proficient. Like it's not like they're afraid to give the ball to him inside the ten and let him run it in. He he did that multiple times today. I think, I think, it, I think some of those came from inside the ten. I don't
1: know. I just, I obviously, I think I like Gurley, but I, I, I don't know. I just like Camaro. It's definitely bit
0: more. a bold take, and I think Le'Veon Bell is better than both of them to be completely honest. But he's, he's not there right now. No, I don't think okay. Le'Veon's
2: better than Gurley.
0: Le'Veon Bell does what they both do. He's like a mix. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting him in the conversation
1: just because he's holding out. But when you know all of them are playing. I would take Le'Veon over both of them. I agree.
2: I'm taking Gurley over all of them.
1: Damn.
0: Well, hey, good talk, boys. Um, (laughs) Let's keep the show moving, though, and talk about a running back who's just outside of that tier um, but is potentially maybe the best runner of the group And Zeke Elliott. I don't know if you could say that, but, I mean, he's in the conversation. So Zeke had a great day this week, 152 yards on the ground, uh, four receptions for 88 yards and a touch. Uh, receiving as well. So he was getting some receiving looks. Um, He ended up being 31% owned in the Millie Maker, which was super surprising. I think he was the most owned running back, um, even more so than Kamara, who was uh, just under 30%. So, you know, that hurt my heart to see as a Lions fan. But, you know, I totally detached that when playing DFS. I, I loaded up on Zeke, thought he was a great play. Um, and he and he was so. What do you guys think about Zeke? I mean, it seems like he's overcoming the deficiency of of a yeah. bad offensive line. Like we're used to the Cowboys having such an amazing line, but with all the injuries they're facing, the line is a problem. Dak Prescott's accuracy is a problem, but Zeke is managing to still put it together.
1: I agree, I agree with that take that he probably is the best like pure runner in the NFL. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's like. I would. I think he's a. A pure running wise, like to the start of his career, he's had a better start to his career than Gurley did. Um,
2: Gurley had a bad start, I feel.
1: Yeah, Gurley had eleven hundred yards his rookie year, then went down to eight hundred. But those are bad. Those year. are also
2: bad teams.
1: Yeah, he had thirteen hundred last year, but Zeke had sixteen hundred his I rookie year. I think you can year, disregard but...
0: those Jeff Fisher years, honestly.
2: Yeah, that's a,
1: a yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah. I don't want to talk about that bum anymore.
1: So Zeke had almost a thousand yards rushing last year, and he missed six games. So I don't know. I I agree with that take, Ben. But um, yeah, I, I like Zeke going forward. Um, he had a career day today, and I just I just like him a lot. He's he's a great running back. He could catch, which is always a plus on DraftKings where you get rewarded for uh, catches. And yeah, he just had a he just had a great game, and he's a great play moving forward.
0: The main question is, can you play him at that price when the players around him are so much more involved in the receiving game? I mean, we're even seeing Melvin Gordon take a step forward in the receiving game, and he was always a pretty decent receiver, but he's taking it a step further this year. And Zeke is getting receptions, but he's more in like the – you know three, four, five reception range when we're talking yeah. about like Gordon and Kamara getting like you know seven, eight, nine, ten, you know christian McCaffrey's up on up up in that list too, so I mean, you have to pay for Zeke's running ability in a league that that is becoming less important if that makes sense
2: yeah, yeah i I still like Zeke going forward, I think once that offensive line gets uh gets healthier. And Dak decides to be good again. <laughs> you could play Zeke for around that eight K range, like no more than like eighty two, maybe. Even that's a little high. But once if he's hovering around that low eight thousand or below, he's definitely a play. Especially against bad running defense like the Lions today and um mm-hmm. everybody but him on that offense just so bad. It's hard if he's hovering right around Melvin Gordon. Like, I'm playing Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon scores a touchdown every week. Every single week, he will score you a touchdown.
0: Yeah, um, we might as well just talk about Melvin Gordon while we're here. So, Gordon was 22% owned in the Millie Maker, um, 104 Okay. So this is what I think was super interesting about Melvin Gordon. So he had 104 rushing yards on the ground. That was his first time going for over hundred yards on the ground this season, but it was also his third time going over 30 DK points, which just shows that he can do it in a variety of ways. So, you know, he can do it scoring three touchdowns in a game like he did with the bills and then sitting out, or he can do it by grinding out the entire game, getting hundred yards on the ground, plus seven receptions through the air for 55 yards and a touchdown, which he did this week. He also, got a two point conversion and if you were watching that chargers game you saw when they got down to the red zone like they will just give it to Gordon they'll give it to him three times inside the tent like they will just feed him the ball and put him in great opportunities. He's just such a valuable player for the for the Chargers and just for fantasy purposes especially. I mean you have to put him in that elite tier. You have to.
2: Do you think he could score twenty touchdowns this year?
0: What's he at right now? Like four or five? Four Two on the ground, two receiving. I One mean a week. Yeah. I mean he definitely could. He definitely could. If he stays healthy for sixteen games, he definitely could put up like twenty touchdowns. I mean, he's he's a beast. He's
2: elite. He's elite. I remember when me and you were having that debate when they when him and Gurley both came out mm-hmm. and how I liked Melvin way more than Gurley. And obviously that's that's flips. That I like. Well, it hasn't completely flipped because I still love Melvin, but I think Gurley is better. Um, but Melvin is elite, and I don't think anyone really thought that after his uh after his first year when he was wasn't great and he kept getting injured and.
0: Well, there was a lot of like talks like Melvin Gordon. So, so he has never averaged uh over four yards per carry throughout his career. So a lot of people you know on twitter and stuff would just sort of label him as like a work a workload guy you know not necessarily a talented player but i don't see how you could possibly think that watching him and i mean maybe he's getting better and better as time goes on i mean he's currently averaging 4.4 4 yards per carry not that yards per carry is like the end all be all of running back skill but um yeah i mean i mean gordon is definitely just i don't know he's elite there's there's no other way to put it He's he's a great player on a high scoring offense so you have to look at him that way and he's becoming more and more involved in the receiving game too so
1: yeah, 17
0: receptions through 3 week or through 4 weeks 17 receptions through 4 weeks that's crazy if
2: he's going to average 5 catches or about 5 catches a game and he gets all that red zone work he could be a lock every week and his price isn't even that high 8300 against a bad San Francisco defense it was kind of like a steal
0: i agree yeah All right. uh, Speaking of a steal for his price, Gio Bernard was 6,300 this week against the Falcons, who we know, we've talked about it all week, just surrender points to receiving backs and... That wasn't necessarily how uh, Gio got his this week. He added, uh, or he got four catches for 27 yards on uh, through the air. So that wasn't necessarily how he managed his production. But he still managed to get 69 yards on the ground, 15 touches, and got two touchdowns rushing. So uh, Gio managed to get his. He was an absolute lock play for pretty much everybody playing DFS this week, especially on DraftKings. I mean, you guys both played Gio, right? Every single mm-hmm. lineup. Yeah. Uh, Geo was a smash play, and he definitely returned that value. He got about, I think, like 25 or so points on DraftKings. Um, great play. If Mixon's out again, he should be another good play. As long as Mixon's out, Gio Bernard is just lock him in. Got to do it. He gets the usage, and, and that's the Bengals are a very, very productive team on offense this year. So you have to look at them that way.
2: He's finally going to get the recognition that he deserves after all these freaking years. They always they always try to get someone to replace him.
0: Let's talk about another running back up here who is still consistently going under-owned compared to his peers, and that's Saquon Barkley. So we did see his ownership go up for the first time this year above 10%. He clocked in at 18.1% in the millimaker Maker. But again, does nothing but put up over 20 points on DraftKings 22 this week um 44 rushing yards, 56 receiving yards on 6 receptions and a touchdown on the ground. So Barkley is a good player, great player potentially being held down by a bad quarterback. Do you guys think that Barkley still has room to grow um coming coming into the NFL and potentially finding himself on a better offense once Eli Manning is, you know, not holding the Giants back anymore
1: for sure. He's gotten over 100 total yards from scrimmage in four straight weeks. Um yeah, he he has room to grow as a catcher and as a rusher. And like you said, he's just being limited by a bad Giants offensive line.
0: Yeah, um and and it isn't just the line cuz Eli is a problem at this point. I mean, y-
1: Oh yeah, Eli Manning is trash. I'm sorry, but yeah, he's bad. So he, he limits everybody's everybody on that offense. And the Giants need to get rid of him, honestly. Yeah, they,
0: <laughs> they pass up their opportunity by taking Barkley. And we're kind of seeing how that, like, what position that puts them in. Like, you know, they've got a good rushing attack now, they've got a running back who can. Uh, apparently do it all but it isn't enough for this team because Eli Manning is a clear detriment so um, Odell Beckham who was super popular this week at 8,700 disappointed Um, seven catches for 60 yards no touchdowns and you could if you if you saw this game at all they they kept showing continuous shots of him just like freaking out like he was you can tell he is super pissed off like at how unproductive he's been this year and in my opinion, that's all on Eli. Like, Odell is obviously an elite player, and he's just getting held down. So this entire offense is getting held down by Eli Manning right now.
1: Yeah. It's basically they're just wasting the prime of their elite players because they have a lot of good offensive players on on that team. And it's just sad to see that they're all being held down by a incompetent quarterback who honestly shouldn't even be on a team right now because he's so bad
0: facts um the only player who managed to really be i mean uh, uh, barkley was productive but sterling Shepard caught 10 of his 10 targets for 77 yards and a touchdown he was chalked for a good reason the saints lost their slot corner and Shepard ate in the slot all day long with evan ingram out he's perfect for those low a dot targets and he put up 25 points on a uh, I think it was 4.9 salary on DraftKings. So just mm-hmm. just a great cash game play. Um, he was fine in tournaments too, um, all-around good player, and I don't see why that role won't sustain for him. I think that he is even more sustainable than Odell at this point just because with how bad that line is um, – You know, Odell doesn't have time to let plays develop downfield and and Eli doesn't have time to throw it downfield so Shepard's just going to keep eating in the slot and so will Barkley so I don't know I love Shepard until until something changes with this offense. Um, Speaking of another receiver who ate in the slot today Golden Tate came in at 1.3% owned in the Millie Maker Um, he was a late addition to the injury report he was added to the Lions injury report on Friday so I think that that definitely suppressed his ownership Um, and, and also just that Lions receiving core is, it's crowded right now. I think Galladay is the best receiver that the Lions have, but he's not getting the targets. Marvin Jones has been sort of more relegated to a deep passing role. So, um, you know, he's going to have big blow up weeks and then he's going to have weeks where he doesn't do much because he doesn't get that long bomb and Golden Tate is just consistent. So, I mean, today he went eight for eight, uh, 132 and two touchdowns through the air, super swaggy touchdowns. Um, I guess there was footage of, like, Matt Patricia yelling at him on the sideline for kind of showboating when he went in. I mean, I don't think Golden Tate's ever going to stop that, though. That's just the player he is. He's just, like, super confident, over-the-top, dude. Love him as a Lions Cocky. fan. Cocky. Yeah, but, you know, he can back it up. He's he's uh, yards after the catch monster. I'm sure everyone has seen all the numbers about how, like, him and Antonio Brown are neck and neck as the best players with the ball in their hands at receiver. So, um Love yeah, Golden that's
2: remember the discussion we were having before the uh the pod. That's
0: another guy I was thinking of, Golden Tate. Yeah, as uh, as one of the receivers with the best first move with the ball in his hand, definitely agree with the uh yeah. Golden Tate's in that conversation. Golden Tate tough for me to play when he gets that high because um as as much as he does get catches and yards, uh he doesn't usually score touchdowns. So the two touchdowns in my opinion is definitely an aberration for him. Uh, if his price rises based on that, I would definitely look to fade and go more towards Galladay, who's absolutely having a great year and just made one of the most incredible catches this uh, during the game today. It was a short catch, but it was just crazy, the body control he showed. So speaking of another wide receiver who snapped at relatively low ownership this week... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was under 5% owned, and that's just a travesty. He should never be that, that low owned. I mean, Hopkins is a beast. I feel like people aren't quite talking about him this year quite as much. Not sure why, but um, Hopkins is a monster, and he showed that again today. He had 12 targets, caught 10 of them for 169 yards and a touchdown. That's 35 points on DK. Um, talk about it, guys. I mean,
1: Nuke blew up. He's a top five receiver, and him going at what you said less than five yeah, percent or around five percent. I think it was, 5% like, is, think it was like about
0: five percent. The millimaker
1: maker is a tragedy. Um, he should never, he should never be that low owned in my opinion. But he's been he's been going low owned the last couple of weeks to start the season. So,
0: is it just is it Will Fuller's just sort of taking the spotlight um away from yeah,
1: him? Yeah, yeah, honestly, I think it is. But Will Fuller got hurt, so I just want to mention uh Kiki Kuti is um he could be he could be in play for you know, for future weeks. He had 15 targets this week after because Fuller got injured, he hurt his hamstring. Yeah. Yeah, he ended up having 11 catches for 109 yards on 15 targets. He ended up scoring 21.70 uh, points. So just watch out for him if if Fuller is the miss.
0: Yo, how do you say his name? Cause like there, like all off season, I, I heard cutie. it was. Yeah, I I heard it was K-tui all off season, and then on the broadcast they were saying Cutie. I'm like, what? Is that how you say? It? But I mean, it's definitely not Katui cause that doesn't make any sense. I think it is. Cutie. I think it's,
2: it's I think it's cootie, like cooties.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Kiki Cootie. That's how you say it
0: word yeah speaking of uh it is definitely jeff Swame. we can confirm that jeff who we called goff. uh as a potential you know we gave a jaw <laughs> <goff. laughs> but yeah <laughs> mr Swame did score a touchdown so if you uh listen to us on that play good for you probably wasn't quite enough to win a gpp but hey i mean he did like 6x his value so <laughs> it's lit but let's talk about some tight ends who could have won you some gpps so Starting off with George Kittle at a whopping 2.6% owned in the Millie Maker. That's crazy. Um, ended up putting 27.5 points up on DraftKings. Led the team with eight targets. He was clearly uh, C.J. Beathard's favorite target. Um, 125 yards and a touchdown on six catches. Uh, what do you guys think about Kittle going forward as Beathard's potential uh, number one target?
1: We said it on the last on the last podcast. We said they had that connection. They showered together and whatnot. Yeah.
0: Shout out to Levitan. I mean, That's you, totally you, true.
1: Yeah. You gotta you gotta trust somebody if you if you shower and butt ass naked with them, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> so like how can you not like Kittle going forward if he's gonna be like the first, you know, look that CJ Bethard is going to, you know?
2: Yeah, he's gonna be cash.
1: I didn't even um pay attention to what he was doing i didn't even know he had that good of a yeah he
0: had an 82 yard touchdown (laughs) i mean it came most of it came from that i mean right off the bat that set him over the 100 yards or the 100 yard bonus plus it was a touchdown plus it was 80 yards i mean he just had a massive like huge swing from that one play
1: dang yeah we said that was our main catch play Kittle. um yeah honestly i didn't even know that he got that That, that's crazy but yeah, I like Kiddo going forward. Yep,
0: and uh Jared, props to you. You definitely nailed the uh Bethard over Josh Allen call for this week. Um, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. First drive of first drive of the game.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Josh Allen came in with a whopping three points.
0: Fire. I'm glad I didn't play that. I was I was legitimately like, man, I wonder if he could be a good cash play. Like Nah, I'm very glad I got off that. Beth had scored
2: like five or six on the first drive, and Josh Allen hit three the whole game. <laughs> what a bomb! It's yeah. my son, though.
0: Yeah, I was ready to uh, give the Bills some major props if they pulled off the second upset uh, on the road in a week, but no, they reverted to their status as worst team in the NFL. So um, we will address them <laughs> as such on this podcast. And let's talk about another tight end who was at low ownership and absolutely snapped. Um, Jared Cook who built uh, on his stunning start to the season he was not that player following uh, his big week one game but he came back week four 13 targets turned it into eight catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns that's 34 DK points at 6.2 uh, percent owned in the millimaker maker um, Jared Cook like is this going to be more consistent than he's ever been or is it just more of the same just a player that you can't trust and will just destroy you when he does decide to go off
1: <laughs> so he got over 100 yards receiving so what does that mean next week heavy fade He's not going to do n- <laughs> heavy fade he's not he's not going to do anything that's just an early look in a week 5 <laughs> early but, <laughs>
0: look cross him off your player pool
1: <laughs> immediately but I just feel like he's very inconsistent and and I, I don't know. He'll have those games where he does snap, but he'll also have those games where he gets two points. And it's just not an option, you know, going forward unless it's like a very good matchup.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know who they're playing next week off the top of my head, but it doesn't matter because I'm gonna be fading him. We know he can't put up two of these games in a row. It's proven. Uh no need to talk about him until week six. <laughs> <laughs>
1: straight fade for week five that's all you need yep, to hear
0: yep. um is there anybody else that you guys want to cover before we uh get out of here jordan howard
2: is a bum now for whatever reason
0: oh yeah that's crazy that their is. i mean he was the only one really who didn't put up something i mean robinson didn't do great considering what trubisky did but i mean at least he got you know double digit points jordan howard
2: got one of like the first 10 carries of the game <laughs> They're starting running back at one of the first ten carries of the game. Like what are you doing?
0: I don't know. Maybe it was just game plan specific because, you know, the Bears realized how tr- like just trash the buck secondary is.
2: Yeah. I don't know. That's almost as that's almost as stupid as McCarthy not starting Aaron Jones. Hmm. <laughs> As we were talking about before this this podcast, like, how dumb are you?
1: Yo, some of these coaches, I swear, man, they're just, like, so stubborn or something. Like, there could be a clear-cut better player on your bench, but you won't play him. Like, when Dante Foreman comes back, just, just a random player, he's better than Lamar Miller. Bro,
2: if Dante Foreman doesn't start the day <laughs> he comes back, I swear to God,
0: yo.
1: Bill O'Brien he needs is, is, get the boo if he's not if he's
0: not starting dude. Yo, we're talking about someone who started Tom Savage over Deshaun Watson to start last year. Like Bill O'Brien yeah, is definitely not going to play anyone over Lamar Miller. That's his man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, these coaches though, like Frank Reich blew the blew the Colts game like just bad management. No, okay. It's just it's crazy.
1: No, no, I I disagree with that. I disagree with that. You bro if I'm a coach, I'm going for it right there. On Dude, your forty-yard line. Is it Madden, bro?
2: Yes. <laughs> this isn't Madden. A tie. A tie is better than an exactly.
0: Out. He's like. He's like. I'm not playing for the tie. Well, you know what? You're not playing for the playoffs. You know. You're playing. You're. You're losing now. You lost. Like
2: with with how bad that division actually is, behind all the smoke screens of the Titans and how bad that Jags offense is, play for the tie. Like you're stupid, bro. Honestly. Yeah. Why are you going for no, it? Just pump nah, the nah, ball. Nah nah, nah, nah. Deshaun Watson, they could easily just score in one play. Like DeAndre Hopkins is that type of person.
1: I agree with that, but first of all, in my opinion, Ty shouldn't even be part of the NFL. Like,
0: just play it. F-
1: play till somebody wins.
0: Five overtime second quarters, of all, just keep going.
1: Second of all, I guess it I guess it's just who I am, you know, playing Madden growing up, aggressiveness. You got to be aggressive in that situation. You don't want to tie. You want to win. There's a
0: difference between being aggressive and being smart, though. Like, it, it's a different story if you're on, like, your own 40 yard line and you're just outside of field goal range. Like, at that point, yeah, okay, make your play. But, like, at that point, you're basically just giving them the game, honestly. And that's exactly what happened. Like, Jared said, like, the first play threw it to uh, Hopkins. He goes forward, like, you know, 15, 20 yards. Game's over. I
1: mean, okay, I agree with that. But, I don't know. In just my opinion, if I'm the coach, I'm going for it right there too. I, I gotta have faith in my offense. You know, it shows them, shows them moving past this game that he's willing to take those type of risks and he has those and he has faith that his, uh, guys could get the job done. They obviously didn't get it done on that play, but I think it gives them a little confidence boost going forward. Like, all right, our coach believes in us that we can make the key plays when needed, although we didn't do it today. Yo, I'm telling you. You gotta, you gotta be ballsy sometimes.
0: It there's a balance. Off. I mean, we saw the Eagles, who I think went for it the most on fourth down, make it to the Super Bowl last year. But I think it's, it's all, it's all situational.
1: So I just have a question for you guys. We're a quarter way through the NFL season. So what are your thoughts on the season so far?
0: I mean, we touched on it earlier. It's like there's no defense. Everybody is just becoming more pass happy than ever before. I mean, it was already been trending that way for the last few years but it's like on steroids right now with how crazy it is mm-hmm. and i think that we're just entering an era where the dump off passes and the short little passes to running backs are just as much a part of like the perennial run game as actually rushing the ball so i think that you know in terms of the fantasy landscape that's going to alter everything going forward so
1: super bowl prediction ben
0: I'm going to go after a month. I would love to see the Rams and the chiefs, but I think that the chiefs are going to get upset at some point. And I think that the AFC is going to put up um, Jacksonville. You know what? That that's kind of stupid, but I, I I could go with it. I, I, I do. I really think that, you know, in a league with that's so devoid of defense, the one true elite defense right now is is an edge in, in the conference, so I like I like Jacksonville to go for the AFC.
1: As long as they don't play Tennessee in the playoffs,
0: facts. But Tennessee is definitely not making the playoffs, so they don't have to worry about it. They'll just play New England, so it's all good.
1: <laughs> Jared,
2: the Rams. Honestly, I love the Ravens' defense that much that I could I like them as a favorite right now in the AFC.
0: Mm. That's a sneaky play. It's interesting. What about you, Joey?
1: NFC. I'll go with Saints.
0: Mm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Maybe the only team Saints that could Falcons. match the uh, the Rams' firepower.
1: The Falcons are one in three right now, but you know they've been getting some unlucky, unluckiness uh, in their games. So they
2: have you know, to win they their the division. They're not gonna make it because that wild card is yeah. is tough. The
0: Falcons um, are playing great, but they just fell to one and three. Like it's gonna be really tough yeah, for them. Th- yeah, yeah, they just lost um, on
2: two last second touchdowns back to back
0: weeks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I like the Saints or and obviously the Rams, but for AFC, AFC, I I do like the Ravens as a pick. You know they, you know we're recording this Sunday night. They actually just won. They beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um. So there's that, but. If I had to pick one team,
2: <laughs> it's hard not to pick Brady. I'm not even picking yeah, the
1: Patriots. I, I'm not even picking the Patriots. I'm just <laughs> picking
2: Brady and Belichick.
1: It would either be the the Chiefs or the Patriots for me.
0: I don't. Uh, the I I don't. think the as Patriots a Patriots fan. Are the Chiefs. Not this year.
1: As a Patriots fan, I would pick the Patriots, but in reality, it'd probably be Patriots, Chiefs, Jags for me, and then Ravens, Loki
2: i like the ravens more than the chiefs defense wins championships i don't care what anybody says
0: that is facts real quick though before we get out of here we didn't mention it last week so i don't want to let it slip by that um so last week i won the three man this week i won the three man and that would put me at three to jared's one win and joey rounding us out a nice donut there at, at, at last place um you know well, yeah. Joe, I'm trash
2: but Joey does have three last place finishes so we do have to put that out there yeah that's almost so that's he's...
0: almost as impressive Joey if you go 0 16 it would be uh like a record
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i'm trash i'm trash i mean i'm i'm going to win next week just cuz like it's my time but i don't you know what i noticed with me i don't win on even weeks i win on odd weeks hmm. just in fantasy i'm about to lose in the, like all my leagues and you know, for redraft purposes. Oh yeah. Let's throw that out
2: there. Ben, I smacked (laughs) you this week in our, in our fantasy league and I get you next week in my league. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you gave me my first L in that league. Um, still though, I think I'm pretty close to first place in both or maybe, maybe like second now after this loss, but I'm not worried about it. I'm nice with the season long teams, but yeah, that's going to be it for us this week on the DFS dose. Um, you can find us on Instagram now at the DFS Dose, also on Twitter at the DFS Dose. My personal Twitter is at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore.
2: And you can find me at Jared underscore underscore Marcus.
1: And... Also, just a reminder, you can find us on iTunes at the DFS Dose, and then you go ahead and click that subscribe button if you're still listening because that means you're a true supporter and that we love you so much.
0: Big facts. All right, guys. uh, Peace out. We will see you on Thursday. You.